Like a deer in the headlights or gum in your hair, what got you here will not get you there. Join us as business owners get unstuck in real time on the business building struggles we all share. Welcome to the Business Breakthrough Podcast. And here's your host, Esty Rand. Welcome to episode 59 of the Business Breakthrough Podcast. My guest today is super cool. Ricardo, welcome to the show. Hi, Esty. Thank you for having me. I am excited to have you. Guys, Ricardo has a super interesting story and a super cool website. Um, So basically, after 20 years in international education, he has particular strengths that he's developed related to housing and accommodation, international communications, marketing, and partnerships. And he's doing his own thing with it that he's turned into a business. So he sourced hundreds of room solutions for individuals and groups visiting Australia. He hosts a bilingual podcast called Innovator Diaries, where you can check me out on as well. He's an architect by trade. He doesn't work in the industry, but he's still passionate about it. And he became the Sydney Opera House store's official designer through Revolution Australia and a whole bunch of other cool little things. So Ricardo, I'm excited to talk to you. And to start with, I want to get clarity on what are you actually doing right now? <laughs> Thank you. Uh, okay, so basically I'm doing two things uh, right now. One, and, and it's my main focus, it's the, is Betsy Accommodation Solutions, which basically I help international students from all over the world find a place to live before they arrive in Australia as a student. And wow. the other okay. focus is basically my podcast, uh, where I interview inspirational people who have really cool stories so they can pass practical advice to students and to young people just just for them to kind of know and manage their expectations before they they go into the work workforce got it all right love it so how did you go from architect to is it a tech company betsy or is it more manual service like how does it run it's, it's both. So basically, I went to Australia as a student to do my master's degree in architecture. I started uh, working as an architect, but didn't really enjoy it. So I uh, started looking for some options, and I ended, ended up working in education. I worked uh, for universities in Australia for close to 20 years. And during that time, I discovered that there was a, a gap in the accommodation services uh, system, basically. People were struggling to find a room to stay. Um, there were a lot of illegal providers happening and appearing. Like people, like, like that particular niche of the, of the market was not really happening. So, so I decided to start my own business, uh, try to help students in that way. Uh, and that started maybe four years ago. I was working in education while working in the business during nights, during weekends. And then I finally launched it. I quit my job, which was really, really hard because I was loving it. Uh, And then I started the business and slowly, slowly it has been growing. And now it's just working perfectly okay. Amazing. Not perfectly, but we'll hear about that later. (laughs) It's it's, uh, reaching a point where we're getting... Uh, sustainability. Amazing. Where where did you live before Australia? So I'm from Colombia. I'm from Colombia and I lived uh, in Colombia all my 
my youth and I did my bachelor's degree in Colombia and then I moved to Australia to do my master's. Why? But that's really far. Like, why Australia? Uh, well, I, I actually looked at three solutions, one or three options. One was England, one was Spain, and the other one was Australia. And I based my choices on the countries that offered the, the course I wanted, which was uh, sustainable design, like energy conservation for architecture. Got it. And England was too expensive. I got accepted in Spain, but it was only for a six-month course. And then I got accepted in Australia for a two-year course, and I said, great, perfect. And Australia <laughs> was kind of like a dream, you know, like it was, yes, far away, but it was so exotic and such a cool country that I decided to come, and I never left. <laughs> I hear you. And then what were you doing in education? I'm just trying to like piece together this whole background. What were you doing in education all those 20 oh. years? So my first job in education was for the faculty where I used to study and I started doing their brochures and their flyers and their banners and all that graphic design because of my designer kind of background. And then suddenly my boss gave me the opportunity to go to Colombia to bring Colombian students to Australia. It worked out. She said, go to the whole Latin America from Mexico down to Argentina. And we became the faculty with the most Latinos in the university. So the international office noticed that and they said, look, why don't you promote all the faculties, not only architecture, we pay for your trips and you sell the, you promote the whole university. And I said, great. So then it started to work out uh, as well. And uh, from there I jumped into web and publications for the whole university. So I was doing a website, every single brochure that was distributed worldwide, I started doing. And then I, in, in conjunction to that, I kind of negotiated international trips as well. Um, and I started uh, traveling through the Middle East, Southeast Asia, Latin America. So I just traveled the world uh, with that work. Then I moved to another uni and I started managing all the international communications. And that's when I started attending conferences and international events. And, and the message was very clear. Everybody from government to institutions were saying, there's a problem with international accommodation. People are struggling to find something. Uh, there's limited on-campus accommodation with universities. So there's a need and, and not many people were doing anything or something. So I decided to uh, start uh, uh, doing a bit of research. Uh, there was in, in, indeed a, a gap in the system and a pain. Uh, so I started to, to look for solutions and that's when we created Betsy. So basically, instead of uh, creating a brand new uh, or becoming a, a student accommodation provider, we noticed that uh, there were very good providers uh, doing a good job, but for some reason, they were not connecting to the students, you know, to, so, so they, couldn't, they couldn't reach each other. So we became that middle person that connected the student with the most appropriate solution for them. Amazing. So is it just technology? Like, what is the company actually, is it a call center? Is it a website? Like, what does it do? Uh, so basically, it's a portal. It's kind of like a 
like a hotels.com but for student accommodation so basically the, the um, it's it's automated and it's manual as well okay and i and i explain why we started as a very automated company so basically the student would uh, submit or complete a form uh, to to tell us what they wanted and then the system matched their inquiry with existing listings the problem is that uh, like for example with hotels or with airbnb for example people who use those sites have the money you know they they come to a place for a week or a weekend two three days uh, it's okay to pay up front if something goes wrong it's not such a big amount of money you know but with students it's completely different they have tight budgets they come for a semester or a year so they're afraid or they get a little bit nervous paying up front uh, for something they don't really know so uh, that was a big challenge at the beginning we weren't getting the read the bookings even though we knew they needed the service they weren't making the bookings because of this so we ended up uh, bringing in counselors that uh, take every single inquiry and manually uh, filter the different providers and provide uh, customized solutions. And because of this, we started, the, the students started to feel, okay, I'm dealing with a real person, um, I'm getting this personalized solution, I'm getting uh, this, uh, I'm getting treated as if I was uh, special, and they are special. So they, the booking started to happen. So it's, yes, it started as a technology business, but it became more as a kind of a services kind of business. Right, it's like and an it, SAAS. It's a software as a service, but it's a service as a service. Yes, yes, yes. And, uh, but look, all of this that I'm telling you in five minutes took us like year and a half to be identified and to find this, the proper solution, you know? Like, for example, we're still struggling in, in trying to uh, get more bookings on, on closing the bookings because um, one of the challenges Australia has is that yes it's fantastic it's a great education the destination the universities are like very high quality the cities are awesome they run uh, within the most livable cities in the world everything is uh, combined is a great destination Having said that, it's one of the most expensive destinations in the world. The cities are so expensive, sometimes it's, people don't believe us, you know? And because I'm the middle person, the prices I provide are the reality of the market. But people still don't, don't really believe us. They think, ah, you're too expensive. We're like, no, it's, it's the reality of the market. So when we kind of entered like a vicious cycle, which was the students saying, no, you're too expensive. I'm not making the booking with you. They arrived to Australia. They noticed what we were saying was true. Two weeks later, they said, they came back to us saying, look, I need your help again. Please give me a room you, you offered me initially. But the, the cheap options were gone already. So, so, so basically, we couldn't help them because of the vicious cycle. So another solution we implemented was by bringing education to the table. So... As soon as they make a, an inquiry, we, we tell them how to identify legal providers. Then uh, the, the, next, the next interaction is how to identify housing scams. 
the next interaction is how to manage expectations. Uh, what do they need to do? signing a lease? What's the process? What are the steps? So basically, we've been educating them all over the like throughout the process, uh, trying to show them that we are the experts in the market, that we know how things work, and that they're in good hands. And that's has that has been changing as well. So that's brilliant. Yeah. I love that. That's so it's smart. Been a long process. Yeah. Uh, what about legitimacy? Like, do you have, let's say, the the backing of universities, especially you've worked with so many? Like, can your site say, you know, approved and backed by this college, that college, whatever? So, like, that you have legitimacy, they know you're not you're not a scam. Uh, so we don't say that, and the reason is because we kind of are referred by them. So, so at the beginning, we were kind of starting on our own. Then, uh, look, our first client happened because of a problem they had. You know, like, yes, Australia is a, is a very safe country, but there's people taking advantage. Like in any other country, you need to be careful, you need to be cautious. And this particular education agent called us and said, we need your help now because this student uh, paid, I think, 5000 in advance. Uh, and then uh, they booked, I don't know with whom. And then they arrived, and instead of being a house, it was a shop. So it was a, a, a fake address. Oh my so, gosh. Uh, so we need, needed to help that, that student. We, we fixed the problem in one day, we found the room, and then that agent became our main client. Then they started referring us to other agents, then the agents worked with institutions, so we started working with institutions, and now everything is kind of word of mouth. So we don't really say, we work with this, 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 because we don't really market or advertise to the students directly. We advertise to the institutions and the agents, and then they uh, refer us to all their students. Got it. Okay, that makes, that makes a lot of sense. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. Um, hmm. This is so interesting to me. I love the idea behind it. Now, help me understand, how did you make a jump from, you know, it, it sounds like you're very quick to learn things, right? Like they, they need marketing materials, you oh. learn marketing materials, they need a web, you learn web. Um, but who's the we you keep talking about with this company? Was it a partnership? Who's doing the coding, right? This is, this is a tech company. Uh, yeah, no, no, no. We, when I say we, I have a couple of silent partners, uh, which okay. I'm, I'm basically running the whole show. But whenever I have uh, I need advice or I need to discuss things, I go to them and I go to my wife. You know, she's my, my basically my rock for everything. Um, I'm sorry, what was the, the other part of the question? The question is who's coding this? Like who actually built the portal? Who built the, the technology that's linking all these other providers through your portal? Like that's a uh -huh. lot of work. Yeah, look, I think uh, as a business owner, you need to learn how to delegate. That's a very, very important skill. And uh, I learned with other failed businesses. They were very small, but I, I failed because I tried to do everything. And this time I learned, okay, what, what do I like to do? What do I enjoy? And what am I good at? And, and basically, I'm a, I'm a people's person. You know, I like talking to people. I like uh, promoting the whole idea, everything. But I'm terrible at, at coding. Uh, I don't like programming, so I hired a company to do that. 
Uh, I don't have time to cancel the students, for example. So the basic kind of thing, I delegated that as well. Uh, the accounting and the bookkeeping, I have no idea. Like I have to be on top of the basic numbers and, and the general things. But I hired a, a bookkeeper, I hired the accounting. So, so you need to kind of delegate and focus on your strengths. And whatever you don't know or you think are the weaknesses, then delegate. And you need to do that in a in kind of an, a smart way because I let's say I couldn't hire programmers here in Australia because they charge basically I, I wouldn't be able to have profits. So I needed to go overseas, you know, and, and that was a whole other process trying to find somebody good, trying to uh, see what skills they would bring and if they were uh, able to do what I, whatever I needed to do. So yeah, yeah, I think you need to learn how to delegate. Very, very important. Okay, I like that. So then you get into that dilemma that so many people who are trying to start a business have, which is it's always one or the other, right? Meaning, or you do everything yourself, or you find the money to pay a bunch of other people to do the stuff you're not good at or don't like. So yeah. where did the money, did you self-fund this? Did you find investors? No, everything has been self-funded. So, oh, wow. So you, um, you took the risk. I took the risk, yes. And what uh, is the, and the revenue model is just you take a percentage of every booking? Is that where you make your money? Uh, yes, yeah, so we, we, there's a placement fee, a very small placement fee, because I know like the whole idea is to, to help the students. You know, it's not to... It, it's a very, but if it's very, very small, amount. then you're not going to make your money back for a long time. Where's the money in the business? Okay, so I'll let you know in a second. There's money hiding here. Oh, I love it. (laughs) Where is it? Hey guys, thank you so much for listening to part one of this episode. Stay tuned for part two going live Thursday. And of course, subscribe. You do not want to miss this. You've been listening to the Business Breakthrough Podcast with SD Rand. If you're looking for a breakthrough in your business, reach out at sdrand.com slash breakthrough to be a guest on the show. Everyone's got a business struggle. What's yours?